The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Roads Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, everyone. Glad to have you with us. Today, we're going to talk about the pride of South Central Illinois in their bicentennial year. And I'm talking about Vandalia, Illinois. Vandalia is the cultural crossroads of early Illinois government. Abraham Lincoln influence abounds. Famous roads are there, an interpretive center, early 19th century historic sites, outdoor recreation for the adventurous, and even, even its own fire-breathing dragon. And I'm talking about Vandalia, Illinois, heart of the country. Today we're going to have the pleasure of talking with Mary Truitt, who is a preservationist of Vandalia culture and also a local historian. So she is, as it were, the go-to gal when it comes to Vandalia, Illinois. And what a time to be doing it as the bicentennial celebration looms from June 13 to 16, 2019. Let's bring her on, Mary Truitt. Mary, we're so happy to have you with us today. Well, this sounds like a really fun time for me, too. So thank you. And you're local, so you can get there easily. To Vandalia? Yeah. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) You're all about that place. Mary, let's go ahead and emphasize that this is the bicentennial year, the year of celebration, June 13 through 16, inclusively in 2019. And the glories of Vandalia will live on because this broadcast we're doing from a Puget Sound radio station gets converted into a podcast. So for years to come, people will be able to hear about Vandalia and all that it has to offer. So please tell us from your own vantage point, what does the town mean to you? How eager must everybody be as the bicentennial approaches? And give us an overview of the celebration that is planned. Okay. My, that's a mouthful. Well, you give it to us. (laughs) Okay. What does Vandalia mean to me? It was the beginning of the state of Illinois. And it has what is called the National Road. The National Road was the first and only totally federally funded highway ever built. And it's also called the nation's highway, that it developed our nation. So we're sitting here out like right in the middle of all of that. We were definitely in the West in those days. We have Mm -hmm. books that have been written that called us the wilderness capital. Really? Doesn't that just sound wonderful? You thought you were in the wilderness out there in Washington. And it seems some days that they are, and sometimes it's more of an urban jungle, but that's a story for another day. (laughs) Yes, well, really, we're not in in the urban jungle. We're 65 miles east of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. and 250 miles south of Chicago. Oh, okay. To give you an idea as to where we are located. We're a town of 7,000, and there were days when we were much larger than that back in the days of Lincoln. Oh, I see. So this this town, to me, is is really the base. It's the background of our country, 
and it certainly is the melting pot of the various and sundry cultures from across the sea in any direction. That is remarkable, especially for a town that in the 21st century has fewer than 10,000 residents. And yet it's clear to me, and I admit to you, I have yet to visit Vandalia. I'm going to fix that one of these days because I have relatives in Illinois. They are in the Chicago area. And it always seems like people heading from south to north will get on the highways and then eventually the toll roads to get to Chicago as quickly as possible. And I guess that's my next question for you, Mary. How do you present Vandalia in a way that proudly represents the city's history? It was the capital before Springfield was the capital. Oh, and yet certainly. you deal, there are people though who travel and of course migrate. And when they do, they go, they're from, they can go west to east, east to west, south to north, certainly, and they drive quickly to get to Chicagoland, and when they do, they miss all that Vandalia has to offer. Unless they decide to choose U.S. Route 51. U.S. Get, Route 51. Well, Route 51 goes right up the middle of the state. I see. Mm-hmm. Actually, it goes right up the middle of the country. Wow. So I can see why this would be considered such a, an historic road. Yes. And there was a time when we were known as the crossroads of the nation because U.S. 51 north and south and U.S. 40 east and west crossed here. So that was really a fun time. In fact, our house was right on 5140. Oh, wow. Here in town. And it was a very, very busy place. And we're very hilly. People think of Illinois as being very flat. Well, Vandalia is very hilly. I did not know that. My father always said we were just like Rome. We were built on seven hills. (laughs) As is Seattle, by the way. (laughs) Okay, very good. And so with the the hilly terrain and being a crossroads, this was a very jumping place in advance of the era of the automobile. I mean, with so much Abraham Lincoln influence, you didn't see a lot of Model Ts around for a while. And yet that people found this to be a place that had cultural and social significance even that far back and before. Oh, good. And so did we. In fact, Along with our bicentennial in the dates that you have given, we also will be having our grand levee. Now, in the early days, we were heavy French. The French came into the tip of Illinois and built nine little communities along the Mississippi River and kind of spread out from there. So we had a lot of French influence which is where we get the Grand LeBay. And that was a gathering of all of the governmental people on the first weekend that the government came into town to do their business, and they would bring their wives that weekend. Then they'd send them all home. But they would have at the Capitol a dinner, um, Wild game was served. What else did they have out here but wild game? And 
this was very happy time. And then they had very cultural music to dance to. And this was quite the happening. Well, time has passed. And we have the Grand Levee, but we don't have quite the culture that they had then. This will happen on Friday night of the Bicentennial, and we will have ham and beans and cornbread. Very traditional? Very traditional for us. <laughs> we will have a band concert, not by a stringed orchestra, but by the community band, made up of anybody and everybody in our community who plays an instrument and who is willing to work together. We I love that. That has such an organic feel to it, putting it together. It's community made for the community. I love that. Uh-huh. And Scott Air Force Base is only about 60 miles from here, and they will then be sending us their brass band that will also entertain us Friday night. So, as I say, culture has changed a bit, but we're still going to have a wonderful time Friday night. And again, this is June 13 through 16, this year of 2019, the Bicentennial Celebration of Vandalia, Illinois. And if anybody is wondering about the spelling, it's V-A-N-D-A-L-I-A. -A you can get plenty of information after this broadcast if you go to Vandalia, Illinois, Com. I think I have that right, VandaliaIllinois.com? Correct. That will do and it. And so that's a great resource. Now, the Grand Levee sounds wonderful because it's the kind of thing that would orient people for months at a time getting ready for this grand soiree and community gathering. I love that. In order to, to deliver some of the feel, Mary, Tell me a bit about the Interpretive Center, or is there more than one center where people can go and learn more of local history? Well, yeah, well, yes, we do. We have a county museum, and that is filled with things from our local county. And it's, it's a huge, well, we think it's a huge museum. Right. And, of course, we have the oldest standing capital of the state of Illinois. And that is where Abraham Lincoln began his service in government. Well, I take that back. It was the time he was here, and he finished here in this building, but we had another building when he first came here. We had three capital buildings in all. But that is probably our, our biggest draw, is the fact that we do have this Capitol building in which Lincoln actually received the right to be an attorney in our state. Oh. And actually, he was not an attorney when he came here to serve in the House of Representatives. He learned to do that while he was here. Now, that's a, a choice bit of history that I also did not know. And it leads me to ask you, Mary, how much of Lincoln-era preservation have you been able to 
preserve because I imagine it's costly, but also it would be a matter of ultimate civic dedication to be able to preserve these Lincoln sites. Well, actually, it hasn't been too expensive for us because Abraham Lincoln came to us when he was 25. Uh huh. He was a nobody. And he came down from New Salem, which is about 20 miles northwest of Springfield. And it's a wonderful little place. It's been restored by Rockefeller. And he came down to us in the yellow stagecoach. It took him two days and a night to get here. And altogether, he probably was here two years. And they covered five years. He never owned a home here. He never rented, well, he rented rooms here. Right. And he, he bounced in and out. He was here for the, the sessions of the House of Representatives, and he also was here for special committee meetings. But altogether, as I say, about two years out of the five in which it is listed that he was serving here. So we've really kind of had to scrounge at times to find things about Lincoln because who was going to preserve it at that point? He was 25. Nobody knew him. By the time he was older, and it was 1860, and he was on his way to Washington, they were saving things then. I'm sure. <laughs> so, so do you have many examples of... of speeches or legislation with his signature on it? What would somebody going and looking through the glass, what would they see there in Vandalia regarding Lincoln? Um, well, first of all, over at the museum, we have a really neat piece. We have a wonderful tool, and we have sent that tool everywhere we could think of to say, can you authenticate this for us? And they have said yes. We think it truly is, because it's the way he would have identified a tool. It's the way and a tool that we know he would have used. And it's a fro, F-R-O-E, and it's in our museum. One day we got a package, and with that package was a letter. And the letter said that it was from the Beck family. And that when Mr. Lincoln was in New Salem, he used to make all the shingles for the roofs of the homes and barns and things that Mr. Beck built. He made lousy shingles, but Lincoln made wonderful shingles. And this is the fro that he used to make them. And when he left New Salem to come to Vandalia, he said to Mr. Beck, well, first of all, he had said a little earlier to him, I'm so tired, I've got to have a different job. So he <laughs> ran for the legislature and won. Then when he left New Salem, he said to Beck, here is my fro. Maybe it will help you make better shingles. And we have the fro. The Beck I family said they had it for five 
generations, mm. and they were sending it where the man went. It was time to share it with the world. What a remarkable gift. Yes, it's absolutely. We have people that come in on kind of a regular basis just to hold the fro. We have other people who come in and hold the fro and find out it's there and what it's all about, and the tears roll down their face as they hold it. Wow. It's really a fantastic bit of merchandise that we guard with our lives. Oh, absolutely. Yes, I remember my going when I was a teenager, I went to um, Gettysburg there, and I can remember standing in the spot where Abraham Lincoln delivered the Gettysburg Address, and you can't do that now because time and, and foot traffic, etc., would degrade it too much. And so uh, to preserve it, they, I understand that it's very rare that somebody would get to stand in that spot. At any rate, I remember being there and just having a sense of the hallowed ground I was standing on and the sense uh -huh. of history. And maybe I didn't have tears running down my face, but I do remember a lump in my throat and just feeling a sense of awe. And of course, there and Vandalia has this to offer because it was a, if not a, exactly a, a presage of his greatness, it was the place where he got to continually mold his character and look toward politics, politics as a place where he could make a difference in life without any idea that he would be the man to preserve the union, I'm sure, but where he could make a constructive, useful life for himself. Very true all the way. So we do have a few of the places still standing where we know he rented rooms, so we can say at least he slept here. And um, we know that he would go up to, we had some artesian wells right here in town. And there was one on the north side of town, and we know because he would has told people that he went there to think and we had some of the vegetation around there that was edible. And he would eat that while he was sitting there by this artesian well, our spring, actually. Yes. And doing his contemplating about whatever it was he was working on. So we do have a few things that were Lincoln. But what we have that was Lincoln, it's very important stuff. And it's things that people can get to. It's not behind a wall. It's not even behind a glass wall. You can get into the Capitol building and literally walk where he walked. You can sit in the House of Representatives where he sat. And you can contemplate what he did because... We have all of the records, or copies of them, but mostly we have the original, of what he did while he served in the government here. So it's, it's pretty moving stuff. I can well imagine, and I intend to see it for myself, Mary. In fact, the next question I want to ask you is, do you have a, a sort of tourist 
map or an itinerary available for people who might want to go through the land of Lincoln as the land of Lincoln and not missing Vandalia, but also wanting to go to Springfield. Is there a way to map out a progressive trip so that you get to experience the echoes of Lincoln history? Yes, there is. And the middle of our state, the 40, I believe it's now 49 counties in the middle of our state, make up the Lincoln Heritage Area, and that is a federal project. And we are in the midst of that. And yes, we do have all of that ability. And we have the the kind of opening area that might direct people here. And Vandalia, certainly we can direct people anywhere in the state from here. There once was a, a road that went all around the state called the Lincoln Heritage Trail. And many of those signs are still up. And we are in the process of bringing that trail back. And that trail was involving Kentucky, Indiana, and Illinois. And it is coming back. So, yes, there's many ways in which you can follow Lincoln right here, and we're right in the heart of it. I serve on the steering committee for the Lincoln Heritage Area, so I can kind of keep up with it. What a wonderful job and responsibility that would be, Mary. It's, it's fantastic. I really love it. When there is a question of financing, is a lot of this, a lot of the funding necessary to entertain such a big preservation project and something so important. Do you look to state and federal government? Do, is there a part of city taxes that go toward this? And how much of it comes from private contributions? I don't have an answer for the last one. I don't really know how much. Uh, but yes, we, we get federal money and we get state money. And yes, we earn money. I think that's wonderful. I mean, this is important. This is heritage we're talking about, and it should be supported. Yes, absolutely. And for our state fair, we, we as the heritage area, put on a, a big outdoor free activity where parents and children and anybody else can come in and play games and work puzzles and play with the things that the children of Lincoln's day might have played with. Oh, that's great. Red. And it's, it's very, very moving, and we have, have adults there who are knowledgeable about what is going on, and they're really great in their explanations, too. Well, I feel, Mary, like I'm making a radical turn all of a sudden because I don't know how many fire-breathing dragons there were in Abraham Lincoln's day, but apparently Vandalia has one now. Tell me about this fire-breathing dragon in town. What is that attraction? Okay, and then I'd like to go back to the interpretive center because we haven't mentioned it, and I'm sitting in it. The dragon was built with scrap aluminum by one of our hardware store dealers. And it is a great big dragon, and it can spit out fire. You can drop in a coin or a, a, a little coupon-like, huh. and it will 
spit the fire out at you. <laughs> and it is, it is sitting where it can be seen from Interstate 70. But you wow. really need to take the exit and come in and have a look at it. And that would be exit number? Uh, 61 or 63. Beautiful. We have two exits. We have a couple of minutes left, Mary, and thanks for that explanation about the dragon. Please tell us about the Interpretive Center before we have to take our leave. Okay, good. The National Road actually stopped here in Vandalia. And back in the, the late 1990s, Illinois had some ideas about doing some different things with tourism, and we applied, and we got to be part of it, and we became a scenic byway, the National Road here in Illinois. And at the same time, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Indiana had been working on the same thing. And so we all became an alliance, and ultimately we became a federal, all-American scenic byway, the only one in the state of Illinois. Oh, we, beautiful. We are connected, all six of those states. We were the first interstate highway. We were the first highway, too. But we, we all work together and we move together. And that's what this Interpretive Center is all about, is trying to explain to the folks, and we think we do a pretty good job, of what it meant to have this highway and what it meant to the people and how it brought the culture into the smaller parts and really out here in the wilderness because Which? it was bringing the people, and the people from the east came in dozens and dozens and dozens. The wagons rolled out here like you would not believe. Richmond, Indiana, has records to prove that there were days, many days, when 200 wagons passed through their community in just one day. Can you imagine 200 covered wagons? I can't imagine yes. how they got through in one day. <laughs> Back in the day, that would have been a, a called gridlock, I think, or whatever term they used for it. Yes. Mary Truitt, I, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Again, the bicentennial celebration for Vandalia, Illinois, happens June 13 through 16 of 2019, but they have lots to offer year-round every year, and I encourage people to go visit. I plan to do so myself. Mary, Good. thank you so much for Absolutely. joining us today. And, and we have a lake, and we just have all kinds of things in addition to the things we've talked about today. And I'll see them for myself one day, I promise. Hope to meet you, Mary. Thanks again for joining us. Well, thank you very much. A pleasure. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for us today. Thanks for tuning in to American Road Trip Talk, along with Thomas and Becky Rep, co-founders of American Road Magazine. We remind you to visit our website, AmericanRoadMagazine.com, to preview the current issue of American Road Magazine. Until next week, drive safely and dream well.